But after a while, she started packing the work on my head. From washing clothes, to doing dishes, cooking, cleaning her house, and the salary still stayed at 400 naira per day. This is She Thrives, a safety in the workplace podcast brought to you by African Women on Board, AWB. The podcast is an important part of AWB's Violence Against Women in the Workplace Initiative and is funded in part by Ford Foundation. My name is Omoye Uzamire and I'm your host. On today's episode, our first guest is a domestic help with a medical condition who has been grossly overworked and utterly underpaid. Her identity is withheld for reasons of anonymity. I sell eggs for my boss in Ikotu. The agreement we had was that she will pay me 400 naira per day. She contracted me only to sell the eggs, but we did not discuss that I will make any deliveries. It was when work began that she started to make me to do deliveries for her across town. I didn't complain at first because it was my only source of income. But after a while, she started packing the work on my head. From washing clothes, to doing dishes, cooking, cleaning her house, and the salary still stayed at 400 naira per day. I continue to endure it as my father used to say, the more people know about your challenges, the more they exploit you. It's because she was aware of my financial problems and my health problems and she knows that I have nowhere else to get employment because of my cataracts. That's why she continued to exploit me. There's nowhere else I could go. I continue to endure it. We had agreements on working hours 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. but sometimes I will close 9 p.m. I asked her for a raise, but she said business was bad. Business was bad, which me I know is not true. Then she also hurts me by constantly revealing the status of my eyes to everybody. Almost as if that is that is my identity. Now, in the case of our primary guests, the violence she experienced was in the form of economic oppression and exploitation. To discuss this lady's disturbing experience, we have invited two guests who would shed some light on how violence against women in the workspace occurs in the domestic workplaces. We have NM King, Program Manager at African Women on Board, AWB. Also joining us is CEO of Miriam Gray Pharmacy, Jennifer Esiaba. You're welcome to the podcast, ladies. Now, the case of our primary guest is a bit tricky because her workspace is in the home of the employer. In them, the impression about workplace violence against women is that it only occurs in professional settings or that it doesn't occur outside of professional settings. Now, what steps do you think can be taken for public enlightenment about the various forms in which workplace violence occurs? Thank you for that, um, for the question, Omoye. The perspective. 
narrative that violence only occurs in professional spaces definitely is definitely a narrative that needs to be changed. And I would say that part of the ways we can address is just to have more conversations about these things because people don't know. Um, I would say that um, one way we can do that is by using media, the mountain of media to pass the message of how important it is or to pass the message that violence is not just it's not just something that happens in professional spaces because you see that um when people watch movies they are influenced by the characters and the stories that the characters tell so we can use visuals we can use videos we can use entertainment and art to pass the message that this thing is happening in spaces that are not just professional that's one way i would also say that we can um thought leaders and opinion leaders can also help to change the narrative you know talking about it more often so people are more aware the society is sensitized that even people in non-professional spaces experience violence in the workplace thank you so much in them jennifer what are your thoughts on how hi. hi what are your thoughts on how we can protect the physically challenged in the workplace physically challenged in the workplace well like Ina mentioned the first thing or first most important step that needs to be taken is actually defining what is um termed as you know violence or harassment in the workplace because i might confuse my boss cautioning me with violence and react in a certain way to that also, very importantly, um, awareness, education. Um, we need to talk about certain things. I think it's um, 2000, year 2000 now. So the, uh, the Me Too movement has changed the way everybody views gender-based violence everywhere, at home, at work. So um, most importantly, the more we speak about these things, the more open we are about these situations, the better it is. As for physically challenged for anybody the more we speak about it the more we are open to situations like this the easier it is for us to tackle the outcomes okay thank you now um another question i have for you jennifer our primary guest had mentioned that her employer kept sure. telling people about her condition oh you know she has cataracts oh you know she has cataracts you know and 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 that was insensitive you know especially because it was a condition that she had no control over what do we do how do we sensitize the public about how to be more sensitive towards the plight of women you know in the workplace living with medical conditions okay um unfortunately based on where we live and reside nigeria we don't have very stringent laws in a different country such situations medically are not supposed to be divulged you know if you're aware of person although we can see that okay it's an eye defect it's something that you know maybe affects her vision and you don't need another person to tell it to you that this person has cataracts however continually mentioning it every time you need to speak to the person or address the person is a huge blow on such person's self-esteem it's a huge blow on the person's on how the person is able to work have yes. confidence level everything is affected in a different situation that can also be termed as gaslighting because why would you call me by a situation that i have so definitely i feel like mm -hmm. even things as as that are termed not as serious as maybe um sexually transmitted diseases like or incurable disease like hiv aids you obviously cannot 
address a person by their HIV status. It's illegal. Um, cataracts might not be seen as something as strong. However, it does have same implication on a person's emotional and mental health. So yes, we yes. probably need to work on our laws, you know, our medical laws, our penal codes, anything that helps protect people. Just, you know, and if that is my boss addressing me by a condition I have, I obviously cannot go to HR. So I'm going to have to just suck it up. But I guess the laws, the laws, the laws, the laws, if I were aware that me saying this thing consistently, I will be held accountable. I wouldn't do that anymore. Yes. Inem, why do you think people in our primary guests situation stay silent even when that kind of oppression continues to grow? I mean, because you feel like um, you might you might not be able to get another job. You feel like that's the only opportunity for you. And employers exploit that. They know, like in this woman's situation, they know that she knows that she won't be able, because she's visually impaired, she might have issues getting another job. And so you just decide to yourself to, to make work hard, to increase hardship for the woman, you know? And, and, and something else, if I might just add, I, I was thinking to myself is, the fact that um, people people attribute more um, people make it seem like sexual violence is more superior to every other form of violence. So, for instance, in an organization, you hear people say, "You you know, in the HR will let you know that sexual violence is not allowed here. Like you're not allowed to tap or harass anyone in the workplace." But then there's bullying in the organization. Say zero tolerance. Exactly, zero, zero tolerance to, to, to sexual assault or um, harassment, but there is bullying. So it's like the culture, there's a culture of bullying in an organization or in a workspace, but um, there's zero tolerance to, to um, sexual violence. And I'm thinking to myself, who really has the right to determine what form of violence is more deadly than the other? So for instance, you might be someone that's just, Okay, for instance, a, 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 let's just say my boss taps my bum. I might just look at him like this one is badly behaved and move on and that's it. But then if I am constantly being spoken to in a certain way and bullied, it might have more effect on me than you tapping my bum. So it's different for different people. Yes, it all depends on the individual. Exactly, exactly. So um, I, I feel like all forms of violence should there should be zero tolerance to all forms of violence, whether in professional or non-professional spaces. Yeah. That's really, 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 really true. Thank you so much. Um, do you have any closing words, Jennifer? As regards what we're speaking about, the only closing words I have is um, everybody has to take a stand. Everybody has to be a bit more involved. Everybody has to be willing to do something as opposed to waiting for the government and waiting for laws to come out that will protect people from workplace violence. Everybody should be willing to do their own bits to make the entire system work. In the eventuality that it gets to the point that you need to speak out, make a report, um, it's also nice for us to know that if I go to the police station to report a heinous crime that has to do with violence I, I i should also be i should be comfortable enough to know that there is like a gender desk i would meet that is manned by a person that is conversant with gender-based or work-based violence so, such that i don't get there and i'm speaking and they're looking at me like oh were you robbed did you lose your car 
and I'm saying, no, 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 I'm just trying to report something. And everybody's looking at me like, oh, maybe you behaved badly. Don't worry. Just, you know, I, if that happens, nobody is going to want to speak out. So, yeah, I think um, at the end of the day, everybody has to be willing to learn more. Everybody has to be willing to speak up. Everybody has to be willing to hold the next person's hand in times of trouble. Thank you so much. Inem, do you have any final words? Um, I'd say that um, violence in the workplace is something most women have experienced. And some of them are not even aware. I only came into <laughs> realization that I have experienced violence in the workplace very recently. So, um, like I said earlier, we, earlier, we need to have increased conversations about it, um, mainly because it doesn't just affect violence in the workplace. Doesn't just affect the woman. It affects the organization. It affects the society. And like I was saying earlier, um, part of the things we are investigating um, in African Women on Board is the power of the female economy. We are saying that women are an emerging market, and as an investor or anyone really, if you, once you identify an emerging market, what do you do? You investigate into it. So we know that some of the things that affect women is this, this issue, violence in the workplace, you know, it's, it, it's, it's like, it limits them or it stops them from coming into their leadership positions, from attaining leadership roles, from growing and all of those things. So it's something that everyone, like, I literally feel like everyone is a relevant stakeholder as regards this topic. Everyone needs to be aware. Everyone, the conversation needs to just keep moving. That's, that's what I, that's my end note. Okay. So a follow-up question to the topic that we're dealing with, a follow-up question to the case of our primary guests as AWB, what options are available for women in non-professional spaces who face violence? Like the lady who is roasting and fish on the streets, like our primary guest who earns 400 naira a day doing menial tasks from morning. No, doing a lot of house chores and deliveries and selling for basically working from morning till night. For a lot of people who work in professional spaces, their bodies, there's HR, there's a gender desk. These people don't have access to a gender desk. They don't have access to, most likely don't have access to the government. What, what options do you th- would you suggest for them? First of all, I feel like most of these people, like we said, we need to be sensitized, first of all, because if you don't know that you are going through something, if you don't know you're experiencing this thing, then you don't even see the need to, to speak out. So, um, one of the things we're doing as well is conducting focus groups um, where um, getting people together to sensitize them, people in even non-professional workspaces to sensitize them so that they know that this is happening. And then we're also, we have partnerships that we are, um, we're collaborating with organizations where that have counseling units as well to um, speak to their minds because I also feel like it has a lot to do with your mind space, you know, um, I mean, yeah, those are the, the, two, the two main things that we're doing um, in African Women on Board and make sure that people in non-professional space also are aware of this and are dealing with it. Thank you so much. I really believe that discovering the truth, you know, it's a truth, you know, that sets you free. And so when people know that this is wrong or people know that there are opportunities and I think it starts with the mind, it starts with a shift in the mentality so that once you stop looking at yourself 
as a victim. You know, once you stop seeing yourself as a victim, you you are empowered to seek options, you know, and opportunities. So if you're listening out there and you feel like there are no opportunities, just look, take a good hard look and you'll find that there are options and you don't have to be in that situation. Thank you so much, Inem and Jennifer, for sharing this time with us and for sharing from your wealth of knowledge and experience. We've really, really enjoyed this conversation. African Women on Board remains passionate about amplifying African female voices, supporting African female empowerment, and helping to create a world in which African women and girls are given the tools and resources they need to fully realize their potential. If you'd like to collaborate or share your stories, please send an email to awb at africanwomenonboard.org. For more information, please visit our website on www.africanwomenonboard.org. You can also connect with us on social media, Instagram at awb.network, Twitter at awbafrica, LinkedIn at African Women On Board, Facebook African Women On Board. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely day.